0: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Full Power, where we create opportunities for men to encounter the transforming power of Jesus. We're here with Jim White today. He's going to be hanging out and sharing his Jesus story and uh, everything that God has done in his life. So it's uh, it's a good story. It's good uh, praise to God, and uh, you don't want to miss it. So make sure you stay tuned. Be good. Here we go. Mr. Jim, how's it going?
1: Good. Thank you for having me today. Well,
0: thanks for coming, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Taking time out of your beautiful Western North Carolina morning.
1: Yeah. What well, a great day it is. We are so blessed.
0: Man, I tell you, uh, walking into the church today, just the uh, the flowers and everything blooming, all the color and the, la- the beautiful landscaping that they did for Easter and everything is yeah. it's just all coming together with uh, this time of year. So
1: Yeah. And we had such a great turnout for Easter. Good. It was awesome. I think between online and in person, there were 400 people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, man. And, uh, you know, not, uh, I I, I don't know. Let let me, I'll throw this out there. To me, I I don't care. 400, I don't care, man. I don't care if it's 4,000, 40,000, 400, or four. I don't care. (laughs) And the reason I say that is not to be flippant or anything like that. But um, at the end of the day, Um, God calls us to partner with him in transformation and life change. And, um, you know, we need to prioritize the people and not the numbers. And I think that's something, you know, definitely not saying that's something that's happening here, but the church as a whole in, in West, in the West, I think we really prioritize numbers and we kind of drive too much to that.
1: Well, you're absolutely right because, um, like our former pastor, he saved one yeah, and that, and like you say, it's not about the numbers, it's who you save. Yep. And yep. there's a lot of people in this area that are unchurched, and yep. we need to focus on being disciples in the area.
0: Yep. That's good, man. And I agree, and I also want to uh, backtrack also from what I'm saying too because the numbers do have a significance too because at the end of the day, they do uh, represent people. They represent souls. They represent people that God loves. So at the end of the day, you know, when you do say 400, that does have significance because at the end of the day, you know, like you are saying, there's so many, especially in our area, that's, that are unchurched, you're getting them in the church, so you're bringing them into an encounter with Jesus. So that's that's great. That's great. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's both and. you know, we have to have um, outreach. Obviously we can't just keep inside the confines of the, the um, church doors, keep them closed to kind of have our holy huddles, but also, um, you know, it's important to uh, really focus, focus in exactly like you were saying with discipleship, because, you know, when, when we're not, when we're not doing that, I, we're not really fulfilling the great commission, you know, go and make disciples. And all. It doesn't say go and have uh, online attendance of a thousand people or, you know, right. fill the congregation every, you know, all the pews and the chairs every week. It's, it's go and make disciples. So I, I agree with you 100% dude. Well, I and
1: mean, I've been blessed to be on mission trip for several years up to Bennington, Vermont, mm-hmm. and they are 2% churched. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. It's like, and one out we had 130 people come to church and 15 people accepted jesus yeah. that
0: day praise god
1: and um, it's an amazing mission it's through the buckham baptist association yeah mm-hmm. and uh, and then our first baptist is going to be leading a group up this year
0: nice good man yeah. good well hey um i'm going to and this is kind of Uh, atypical for us to get that deep into a topic that quickly, but, uh, felt the spirit move. So I moved my mouth. Um, (laughs) so, uh, anyway, I want to do a quick community update, let the guys know kind of what's going on. Um, as always, we tape ahead. So you are somewhere in the future, maybe a month out, uh, when you're actually viewing this, which is cool. Um, and to that end, we will have been doing, um, small groups in Hendersonville, um, probably for like two or three weeks now. And well, actually maybe as much as a month, depending on when you see this. And uh, um, just wanted to kind of give you guys a quick cursory overview again. Um, if you can, come in person. It's 11 to 12 on Thursdays in Hendersonville. Uh, details on the website. You can go to hendersonville.wearefullpower.org. Again, that's hendersonville.wearefullpower.org. And then in uh, an extension to that, we're actually also recording um, the lesson topic and the Bible study Um, here in studio. Um, So you guys can go view that um, on YouTube channel. Uh, You can check that out. And uh, so don't miss any of that stuff. It's all good. Um, But if you're all able in the area, please, please, please come out because, uh, you know, the community is the key piece. That's where discipleship and accountability happens. Um, So don't miss out on that. Uh, Details on the website, check that out. And uh, other than that, um, also prayer requests on the website. If there's anything uh, challenging you guys are going through that you want a prayer warrior to come alongside you with. Absolutely. And also if there's any praise you have something that God's just rocking your world with just moving in amazing ways, share that too. We love to share the uh, highs and lows with you. So uh, reach out to us and uh, yeah. So that's that Jim, you mind uh, opening us up in prayer, please.
1: Dear heavenly father, we thank you for this day. And I thank you for Andrew and his mission and, Father, i just thank you for the men out there that are serving you. Father, you are so wonderful and compassionate that we are blessed to be invited into your kingdom. And I just thank you for your son who came to the cross for our sins. And, Father, what a wonderful God you are. And I just can't thank you to be a part of your kingdom. I thank you. Your son's precious name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, man. Um I, I gotta I gotta I gotta admit, I just uh, I had a had a moment of conviction there. I was uh uh getting caught up in the production of the show here and was just kind of rolling through everything, hitting hitting all the notes I needed to hit and uh, you know, just journeying with you through your prayer there, you know, God through the Holy Spirit was like, You you need to take a minute, slow down and then be with me in this, and so I appreciate that, man. That uh, that was good because uh, oftentimes I'll I'll get out of step and uh, get before the Lord and try to do it under my own power and yada yada yada. And I you know, I think I think uh, that's something that we all kind of struggle with. So I appreciate uh, I appreciate your prayer because it really it really brought me back to Christ. So I appreciate that, man. It was good. Welcome. That's good. So tell me a little bit about your story. Like uh, you know where where do you first start seeing. Like the threads of 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 God working, you know when He started wooing you, and then how did that lead up to salvation how How did your story unfold?
1: Well, I think God's been a part of my life, but I didn't know he was a part of my life, yeah, but I can look back on my life and see that he's guided me through situations um, but I grew up in uh going to the Congregational church in Winnecka, Illinois, and was baptized there. And that, I guess, is comparable to the Episcopal church as far as their ideology and everything. Yeah. Uh, But, anyways, we grew up singing in the choir, and um, I grew up going to Sunday school, but I didn't, it was a blur to me. And what I didn't know at the time is that when I was an infant, my baby carriage went down the basement steps under care of a relative. So through my life, I never felt like I was truly loved by my parents. They were alcoholics, and my father was a womanizer, Uh, three wonderful brothers. Uh, Terry was the oldest. He was 18 years older than I was. Okay. Yep. And then, uh, Palmer and Steve. And, uh, and then I came along on December 2nd, 1950. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, here I am. Yep. So God brought God brought me into the world. And, uh, so through my trials, um, I have been truly blessed. Um, and my brother, Steven, his middle name is Mather. Well, he was named for the national parks director, Stephen Mather. Okay. And so, but anyways, I'm getting off subject here. I apologize. No, um, you're good, man. But, uh, got, um, when I really accepted God as I was down in Florida with a female friend of mine, and uh, things weren't going so well. But we had come up on a trip to Bryson City, and we both fell in love with the mountains. And so I worked for Walgreens Mm -hmm. (laughs) and had an opportunity to transfer, so I did so. And uh, there was a I had everything pla- planned out. There was an apartment complex, the H- H- Turtle Creek Apartments, which yeah. has since changed. And uh,
0: and how old were you at this point?
1: And so I was in my fifties. Okay. Yep. And uh, so um, when the day before I was supposed to leave, my car was repossessed. And so I had to get a rental car and I had to ask some family members for some extra money. So I got up here and I was staying at the Budget Motel and I was going to, went to Turtle Creek Apartments and they wanted first and last month's rent. And I said, I can't do that. So then I spent the next which was a Tuesday driving around and looking at different apartments and I was at Sweet Creek I think by the Dunbar apartments and I was excuse me, I was in tears because things weren't going my way
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so I, I literally asked God for direction and he sent me over here to Arden First Baptist Church Mm -hmm. where I met with Pastor Jeff Hudson. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the first thing out of my mouth to him was, I need direction. Not to McDonald's, but I need spiritual direction. So he invited me to come to Wednesday night supper and get the I want a paper. So I did that, and that invited me to use the library phone. Did that. I got the uh, head dinner, and then on Thursday called the real estate place that had an apartment for $600. Got the key, liked it. Well, then Jeffrey was able to, uh, we turned in the rental vehicle because it was costing me money. And so unloaded all my stuff at the apartment, turned the vehicle in, and got the key. So for two nights, I slept on the floor. Mm. But the rental place was an eight minute walk from church. There you go. And so it was like, how cool is this? Mm -hmm. Okay, God put me in the right place. That's right. And so, and then on Saturday, uh, two gentlemen from the church came and brought me my first bed. Mm. This church, literally outfitted my apartment. Yeah. And ABCCM was uh, very helpful in feeding me. Um, I have been truly blessed by God. Um, And the more amazing thing was on the weekends back then, the buses weren't running Mm. on a regular schedule. So I would have to walk three and a half miles to <laughs> Gerber Village. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, so I was in good shape. Oh, uh, yeah. And then at the summer of 2008, they finished building Walgreens on Airport Road. So now, and my boss at the time said, would you like to transfer? I said, yeah. So God gave me a place where i had a three-minute walk to work eight-minute walk to church Hmm. and that was all on him it was not my plan god god provided for me and i i was so blessed that he has brought me through and um i've been baptized about three times now but um finally realized that without him I'd be nowhere. Uh, God is truly, if you ask and believe in God, He will send you. He will take care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking you will receive, mm-hmm. and that's God's grace.
0: Yep. yeah, that's that's beautiful, man. And and you know, uh, the scripture that comes to mind is where. Um, you know, he talks about taking care of the the flowers of the field and the birds of the air and how much more he'll take care of us. And, you know, not not that we're a uh, uh, prosperity gospel or anything like that. However, the Bible does clearly teach that God provides, you know, when we're um, in sync with what his will is and what his plan is, he will provision what his will and his plan is. And he will sustain us and he'll make sure that we don't, you know, perish from a want (laughs) want, yeah Yeah. of needs so um yeah that's that's a beautiful story man and um tell me tell me a little bit more so um you come you come to faith in christ um was there was there like a hinge moment where it's like man this is this is me pre-jesus and things were starkly different post accepting christ or was it more of a gradual transition or how, how did how did christ intersect and start transforming your life once when, when you profess salvation
1: uh I believe that it was everything leading up to this moment um, i because I, I I've lost my three brothers and I've lost my parents. the hardest loss was my wife yeah. <clears throat> um uh, If you remember Hurricane Charlie in 2004 in Fort Myers, Florida, we were fine during the storm, but the minute we opened up, um, this was on August 13th, 2004, and my wife had just survived breast cancer, and so um, we opened up. And she couldn't breathe. What had happened is the barometric pressure in the air had caught an asthmatic attack in her. So my stepdaughter was going to take her to the hospital, which was literally right around the corner. Yeah. And so a few minutes went by, and then Grandma was with us with two dogs and three cats. So anyways, I go out, and there was a crowd... I saw my daughter's car, stepdaughter's car, and my wife was lying on the ground, all puffed up. She had gone into cardiac arrest. Two palm trees had fallen across the driveway, and they couldn't get out. So the paramedics got there. They had to bring the gurney over the palm trees and take her, took her to they were supposed to go to the hospital right around the corner. Well, we get there, they weren't taking any new patients. They had to go another 15 minutes away. So she actually came in as a Jane Doe, because through all this, nobody had taken her name or anything. So she was, uh, she finally got a room up in ICU on August 13th. And we, my stepdaughter and I and her grandmother decided the next week to take her off life support. So she died on August 20th. And the sad thing is I can, these dates and times are ingrained in my brain forever. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't even have a funeral until October uh, because of all the damage to the area. Yeah. And, Technically, she was the twenty seventh person to have died in Fort Myers, Florida. Mm. Um, that was, I thought, the hard, That was the hardest part yeah. uh, of my life uh, to go through. That, uh, yeah we had our ups and downs, but I'll treasure our fondest trip to the Bahamas mm. after our marriage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had a good time. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, um, so that was one of the hardest parts. The other hard part is my three brothers passing away. Um, the oldest had Terry had al- Alzheimer's and, The sad thing was I never got to say goodbye to him. My brother Palmer had what they call Louis by dementia, which affects the frontal lobe. And here he was, originally it was a vascular surgeon, and then he opened up a laser light treatment center. And he was responsible for building the hospital in their town, Novato, California. And then when I went out in 2012 to take care of him, uh, he literally had four caregivers. Um, But he was like a child; Um, he, his speech was, no sentences. And and then uh, I spent a year, came back, and then turned out he was. I got a call that he was going to die. I get out there, and. Uh, that was another hard part, if so, because we had a caregiver that was cleaning him up. He had passed away during the night, and the caregiver was washing him up for the funeral home. The next morning, my nephew and I carried my brother out in a body bag. That was another hard As somebody told me years ago that that would happen in my life, I said, like, no. And then my brother Steve died of COPD, but uh, he was amazing. He was a chef, had his own restaurant out in Taos, New Mexico. And uh I was actually a dishwasher for him in the beginning. And uh uh his restaurant was named Whitey's. <laughs> it's like okay. But um he was he was an amazing guy. He could have been anything because he was very Creative, he could build things um, in fact, I helped um in his first marriage, he had a hacienda with eight bedrooms, and I helped build a uh in ground pool mm-hmm. in front of them. but I digress but um like I, if it hadn't been for God, I would be be lost and yeah. um it's a pleasure to meet so many people, and um, more people need to know who the true God is. Yeah. There's only one living God. Yep. And um, this country, the world would be a mess without him, and I I honestly wish he would come back today.
0: Yeah so tell, tell me tell me a little bit about um, how 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 did God give you the strength and the peace and all those things to journey through all that hurt and all that trauma how how did you know how did you experience God through that
1: that's a good question <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because I really haven't really grieved mm-hmm. per se over the losses, and i don't know that but he's been there and given me peace, mm-hmm. and I need to focus more on him than on myself and um And that's where I fall short. Um, Because his word is true. It's always been true. And the Bible is the truth and the way. And his, okay, I look at the fact that he gave his son to die on the cross. He had his one begotten son who died for my sin, all our sins. And I just think that we need to be serving him better than ourselves.
0: That's good. I agree, man. I agree. Um, I think that's something that um, a lot of us kind of uh, can struggle with, specifically here, you know, uh, in the West and in the evangelical church, you know, we kind of conditioned by society to be me first, you know, hey, Yeah, put, put ourselves, our needs ahead of those around us. And, uh, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, Christ's ministry, mm-hmm. uh, how he loved and interacted with people, and then also look at what, you know, what he called us to do, uh, none of that lines up with how we're experiencing life in the West. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're about, uh, more toys, you know. I've got to have the latest phone, or I got to have the nicest car, or the biggest house. No, it's uh, you know we're 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 very power centric. Oh, I've got to have the most prestigious career. I've got to, you know, have the biggest platform. You know, if 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 you're into social media, I've got to have the most followers and the most likes. And it's all self, 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 self. Exactly. And the problem with that is. Christ calls us to humility and selflessness. And so exactly to your point, you know, um as we journey through, you know, not only trauma and difficulty and pain and hurt, but also journey through good stuff, we can't shift the focus from him and put the spotlight on ourselves. I mean, we can, right? We can. Yeah. That's a big mistake though. That's exactly. a big mistake when we do that. And uh, so I completely agree with you and I think that that is one of the keys to um, an abiding life where we're just pressing into his presence moment to moment and we're not um, building our own kingdom but building his.
1: Amen. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that when we get to his kingdom, we'll be in a glorified body, in yeah. a much better body than... <laughs>
0: Yeah. What we got now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a fan of the, of the one that I've got right now. It gives me fits and fiddles and I don't like it.
1: (laughs) Well, well, you know, I went, I've survived, uh, prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, that when I heard the word cancer, it's like, oh my gosh, I just, (laughs) my heart just stopped. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but, and then I've I had a total knee replacement, but yeah. survived that. But
0: yeah, and I was I was just um, I was actually talking with uh, a buddy of mine. He's been on the show in the past, and um, his name's Corey. He, he lost his wife to COVID uh, yeah. uh, less than a year ago, and oh uh, young man, he's uh, he's in his twenties or thirties, young guy. And uh, oh. I was talking with him at the gym this morning, and uh, we were just kind of talking about. Um, you know, journeying through loss and everything. And, uh, you know, he, he made the point that, you know, you can't, you can't be an ostrich. You can't stick your head in the sand and be like, nope, I'm tuning it out. And, you know, I'm not going to move on with my life. And, you know, I think kind of that speaks to your point that, you know, we, we have to, especially in times of trauma, Really embrace Christ and our faith, mm-hmm. and that's where the strength comes from that's where the peace comes from and If we don't do that, there's nothing lasting to cling to you you can't you can't cling to your bank account, you can't cling to you know maybe you are blessed with good health, and you can't say man you know i' I just can." run 10 miles straight and man, I'm just so healthy. And you can't cling to that. That's yeah. fleeting That's fleeting. The only thing that isn't true anchor and, uh, fortress that we can find our provision and our defense and our strength in is, is the gospel and Jesus Christ and God and the Holy spirit. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful for that in your story that, you know, God, was with you then obviously, but he's also kind of brought you to a place where, you know, a lot of times it's, it's difficult to look back and say, man, you know, look, look at God working through that. Sometimes we don't have that epiphany aha moment. Yeah. And I'm I'm so thankful that you've had that, that he has brought you to that place where you're able to look back and like he, he orchestrated all this. And was it, traumatic and difficult to journey through yes is it can does it continue to be a source of hurt yes and and this is this is the piece and god is seeing me through it and he's not done with me you know there is more work for jim to do
1: amen to that yeah yeah like i was i take care of a 91 year old and uh i said my journey is just beginning again. Yeah. Um, my story hasn't finished. Yeah. And um, I, I want to restart. Um, I had started a couple of years ago, a grief counseling uh, group here at the church. And I want to get that back up and going again. Um, part, of the, part of the problem we face... Um, is that when you lose a spouse, you get a lot of support during the service and the funeral and and all that. But after that, it's like you're on an island by yourself. Yeah. And this 91-year-old that I took care of has lost her husband and her son. And she agrees every day. But like her, there's a lot of people that have gone through similar situations. Now, they may have good friends, and they might have a better support system Mm -hmm. than others. Yeah. But it's just really hard. Uh, I did want to share that after I lost my wife, I went to grief counseling down in Florida, and I was... The therapist, it was good, but I found better therapy when we all went out to lunch and just got together and shared stories. Um, I don't, the therapist was only doing her job, and, uh, but I think she lacked empathy. empathy. Yeah. And um, not having been through what the rest of us have been through yeah. is kind of hard. Um, I met one young lady that was in the group that lost her mother to an alligator on Sanibel. Mm-hmm. And that story was covered on NBC news. And I was like, really? What, what, what's newsworthy about that? I mean, that's tragic. And that poor girl, uh, cause Florida is full of gators. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, as, anyways, um, but I think that was helpful, just with the group getting together and going out and just sharing mm-hmm. their story. Yeah, and I think that helped more than anything.
0: Yeah, that's that's good, Jim. And I, and I wanna I wanna kind of take that and circle back to a point you made kind of partway through that statement of, um, the fact that, you know, when, you know, it's kind of like the, the same thing with like the birth of a baby, you know, you've got like inordinate amounts of help, you know, people are bringing you food, they're praying for you. And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's just like so much of an outpouring and same thing with a loss, you know, you've got so much of an outpouring at the, at the onset and that's critical. It's important. You know, um, I, I would, um, I would challenge that because, I think that if we look at, again, Christ and how he did ministry, he wasn't just there when there was a high or a low. He was there all the time. You know, he was journeying with the disciples, he was doing life with them. And I think that we need to really press into that truth. And, you know, as we have, you know, close knit groups of people, fellow Christians that we journey through life with, you know, it needs to be. It just needs to be the norm like, hey, you know, if you need a load of mulch, you know, call me. I've got a pickup truck or, hey, you know, if you need some childcare and you need some time to yourself, you know, call. We'll we'll watch your kids for a couple of hours, you know, exactly. and, and, and it's it's not like, man, we've had this, you know, highly stressful, either good stress or bad stress, highly stressful situation. Now we're all going to rally around, you know, it. we need to rally around each other on a day to day basis and especially in prayer. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I, I, I know this is kind of like my soapbox, but, um, what I've seen in my own life and I'll, I'll speak to that directly is, um, God's really been revealing me to me, the significance and the power of prayer, um, very much so within the last year. And why I share that is I know, and, and I'll kind of set me up as like Joe average, um, as far as like a christian evangelical um in the west i uh i knew that prayer was powerful i knew that there's power in the name of christ um but i didn't actually live it out and internalize it and let that be my motivation what i mean by that is like oh yeah jim i'll pray for you yeah man yeah i know i know you're going through that you know I'll pray for you. And and I did, you know, but it was just like maybe a windshield prayer or something like that. I didn't labor over my friends and my, my close knit community in prayer. And actually, like you were saying, empathy, Mm -hmm. I didn't actually empathize with them through prayer, through what they're going through. I'm good and bad. And um, I think that's, that's a challenge for all the guys, you know, all of us guys is we need to prioritize prayer um, for our own spiritual health, to to be able to abide with God, to listen to him, um, and then also to journey through everything, you know, um, that our community, you know, we've got different spheres. You know, you've got your, you know, Jesus had his three inner circle, um, and then he had the 12, and then mm-hmm. he had, like, the masses, right? So he had his, his different circles, right. and we have that. It's just organically how humans do life. We kind of have our inner circle, you know, we've got a couple guys that we're like, yeah, they're, they're my buddies. I hang out with them. Then we've got our kind of group of, you know, 12 or so that we're like, yeah, you know, I could call them if I need something or whatever, but we're not like doing life together super intimately. Um, Right. And then you've got your, you know, your acquaintances. Oh, I, I know them from church. I see them once a week, that kind of thing. And it's important for us to, especially with that inner circle, those, those guys are really close knit around us to really shoulder life with each other and, and be a band of brothers shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, the Bible talks about spiritual warfare. Um, you know, it's not, it's not something we can just dismiss and sweep under the, the rug. We all have a target on our back from the enemy and, uh, you know, through discipleship, through pure accountability, um, through just praying over each other, you know, we can, Make a huge difference in each other's lives by rallying around one another and bringing each other to the feet of Jesus in prayer, um, in community, and all that. So, again, that's that's I I I, I digress a little bit, but um, you know, that's I think that's something that that we all need to hear is that one prayer is so powerful, and you can't just cursually dismiss that. You just can't. And, and and live a fulfilled Christian life you can't you have to press into the power of prayer because that connects you with with God and you can't cursoally dismiss the the power of the name of Jesus. you know when we say uh, I'll, I'll give this this story um, my friend Abraham uh, used to hike quite a bit and he doesn't do as much now that he's got a family but uh, he went and hiked on Mount Mitchell and he uh, he did not, he did not time it well. He didn't realize how long it was going to take to get up and down. So he's part way down. It's pitch black. He, he's just not going to make it the rest of the way down that night. So he pitches his his little tent, or I don't know if he had tent, but he like sets up camp for the night. Right? He hears all these critters around him. You know, he's like, "Oh man, is that, is that a bear? Is that a coyote? Am I going to get eaten?" And uh, um, this this is this is the the honest story. He um, he invokes the name of Christ. He says, "In the name of Jesus." I can com- I command all all of you to be quiet and to leave me alone. He said, it "Was utter silence the rest of the night." And we we don't we don't put enough credence in the power and the saving power and the just unlimited resources of power in the name of Christ. Amen. And wow. so, yeah,
1: that's beautiful.
0: It it is yeah. it is, and I love that story. And and you know that's not that's not in isolation. So, all that to say, you know, I think we need to really rally around that and and to get back to my original point not just in time of grief and not just in time of, of big highs and big lows but all the time you know we need to commit to brotherhood and rallying around each other all the time
1: well what's interesting is like in the Bible Jesus showed his humanity when Mary was crying over the loss of Lazarus and he says why are you weeping yeah and then he started out. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And then he raised Lazarus mm-hmm. from the dead. Yeah. And it's like, how amazing is that? And just the fact to know that we can be brought up from the dead mm-hmm. when our time is ready and be in his kingdom, how amazing is that?
0: Yeah. I, I, man, amen to that because, uh, you know, um, it's time for us as men to stand up, stand up in our faith, mm-hmm. and make sure, you know, um, in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God. Yeah. And what we need to do with that is a, a lot of people. I think that's I think that's a highly abused and misunderstood passage because because of the the warrior context when you put on armor, you naturally go to okay, warrior battle, that kind of stuff yes, that's part of it, yes, there's spiritual warfare we've talked about, and if you read the context around that scripture, it repeatedly talks about stand, a stand firm, you know stand firm, and that that is such a beautiful picture when we think of it in context of our, our families, in context of our churches. What would What would the United States of America look like if men took a stand in their families to be the head, to take spiritual leadership, to make sure their wives are nurtured and taken care of, to make sure their kids are nurtured and taken care of, to take a stand in their churches, to make sure that the gospel is proclaimed, that lives are transformed and that people encounter Jesus. What would the United States, the world, look like if men stood up and took that stand against the enemy? It'd be it'd be revolutionary.
1: It would. It'd be. Uh, we'd be in a much better place.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I think, you know, I think that's that's kind of the the heart and the core of what we do here is. Um, bring guys into the presence of Christ and that's mm-hmm. where the transformation happens you know it's if we if we if we just passively go through life and just you know kind of be buffeted here and buffeted there like oh my career is taking me here oh my you know my this is taking me there oh i'm just kind of doing what culture says and, you know, what the social norm is and all that. We will not, we will not, there's, there's simply no way we will not experience the fullness of what God has for us. We will experience a fraction of it because we are Christians. We do have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but we will not experience the fullness of what God has for us, the side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, hear me, everybody listening, hear me. This is not prosperity gospel. I'm not saying that When you press into your faith, you're going to have a jet. And I'm not saying that you're going to have a 19-bedroom house. That's not Nowhere is that even remotely promised in the Bible. Mm -mm. When I talk about a fullness, I'm talking about abiding peace, abiding strength, abiding wisdom. And the reason I put abiding in front of that is, apart from God, we are nothing and can do nothing. And that abiding, talking about the vine in Scripture... Yes. So when we press in, that's when transformation happens. That's when you know we look around and like, man, you know, so and so, man, look, he's he's really stepping up in his marriage. You know, they were they were ha- they were on the rocks for a while, but look at him, he's dating his wife again. He's mm-hmm. praying with her. He's reading the Bible with her. He's taking ownership and leadership in her spiritual maturation, or same thing with his kids, whatever, and uh, same thing in our churches, you know. Um, man, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm kind of Shanghai in this and soapbox in the day, but oh, no,
1: you're, I, 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 I'm enjoying it.
0: I think we've, I think we've got a lot to chat about because, you know, in the context of churches, we as guys for decades and decades here in the West have taken a back seat. We're like, oh, well, that's great. You know, pastors up there, he's, he's, he's leading, he's teaching every Sunday. That's cool. You know, you know, if I'm, if I'm a real great Christian, I'm going to tie, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's not it. You know, men are called to be active. And what I mean by that is, you know, we talked about the uh, uh, the beautiful landscaping and everything walking into the church this morning. That didn't happen on its own. That was a, no. a, a design project with people pitching in, bringing mulch, bringing and planting flowers. That's an activity. And, um, th- you know, from that all the way through, you know, teaching small groups inside church, making sure that um, children are being nurtured and brought up in the faith and stuff like that, Um, making sure that churches have a strong men's ministry, um, making sure that there's a strong women's ministry, all these different things. Men have to step up and be leaders because that's what God calls us to do. He doesn't call us to passively sit on the bench and just twiddle our thumbs and be like, oh, well, you know, Pastor so and so, whichever whichever church you belong to, Pastor so and so's got it. You know he's he's leading the flock. He's doing good. You know he's. Uh, I, I like his preaching. I like the worship, and you know that's cool. What are you doing? What are you as a man doing? Are you are you actively involved? Are you helping out? Are you pitching in? Are you coming alongside? Are you praying for your pastor? I mean, how many of us, because we discount the power of prayer, we don't say, you know, you know, we'll take. Arden for, you know, do you pray for Timothy? Do you pray for Joe? Do you pray for your other pastoral leaders? And, and I'm not saying directly at you, Jim, because I'm right, sure right. you do. Yeah. But I'm saying we as men, like, do you labor over your, the, the, uh, the spiritual authority in your church that God has put over you? Do you? And I think that's a question we need to ask. And, um, you know, if I'm transparent, I, I probably don't do it as much as I should. And, you know, there... I've heard it said and and I think it's absolutely true, it's lonely at the top. You know, if we think about um, you know, our pastors, how hard is it for them as 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 men to be able to, you know, have transparent accountability around them and be like, you know what? I I do struggle with, you know, uh workaholism and be transparent with somebody because as soon as soon as you're like especially lead pastors or you know, a worship pastor, you're in the spotlight. You know, people just think that you have to be holy a hundred percent of the time. And we're fallen we're all fallen men.
1: Yes, we are. And, and it's and, amazing. Um you're absolutely right. And Timothy has a vision and what he's done is we now have deacons back in the church and elders, which has been uh, we should have had a lot all, all along, but it's now coming back, and it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And as you said, we need to take ownership as men and be more forthcoming with God's word. It's
0: mm-hmm. good, man. It's good. I agree. Um, yeah. So uh, we kind of digressed a little bit from from your story and everything. Um, so (laughs) let's, let's circle back to that because I I don't want to, I I think what we said was hugely critical, but I also don't want to, um, skip out on the beauty of your story. Um, so let's go back to, to your story and your time with Jesus and, and in life so far. Um, something that really stuck out to me is your heart for being a caregiver. Um, you know, you, you were a caregiver to your brother, you're a caregiver to this 91-year-old dot now, um, and, and I don't know, are, are there, been there other instances where you've kind of taken on that caregiver capacity, or are those are the two?
1: Uh, well, no, uh, one time when I was dating this young girl who's Jewish, uh, there was a Jewish uh, senior center, um, and we would go in and, um, we would spend nights. Uh, there's a room where, uh, we made sure that the residents had their meals. And, uh, because being Jewish, they had kosher and mm-hmm. one refrigerator and different meals in other refrigerators, uh, refrigerators. So, um, and that was interesting to take part in that, uh, I didn't do it very long, but just to experience it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: tell, tell me a little bit about, um, because when I, when I hear about stuff like that, I mean, that's, that's a God thing. He's given you that passion and that stamina. You know, let, let's, let's be honest. Being a caregiver, you have to have an abundance of energy and stamina because not only are you being physically taxed, um, but you're also being emotionally taxed, mentally taxed, and it's all—it's all beautiful, and it's all totally worth it because you're being Christ to somebody through caring for them. It's—it's it's fantastic. Um, but tell me, tell me a little bit about how how God has kind of formed this heart and this passion for giving care uh, in this capacity in you.
1: That's that's a great question. Um, I've just. I don't know. I think I get it from my mother because she was involved with the Chicago commons and they, uh, helped inner city kids. Um, and they had a ranch out in Michigan where the kids could go and spend summers there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I got that from yeah. it was from her. Um, uh, and, I know my father was involved in charities. He used to raise money for the March of Dimes and various other organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's how I got involved in volunteering. Um, I used, when I was in Florida, I used to volunteer for Catholic charities, uh, the Hispanic Chamber, you name it, I did it. the, The best time I had was when a Jones cable was the main TV station cable company down in Fort Myers, and they would have the pet of the week. Well, at that time, my daughter was about nine, I think, and I got her involved, and we would shoot pictures of the cats and dogs for the week. And they didn't have the technology back then that we do now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. So we got the film developed and they would show the pet a week and every now and then you catch my hand with my wedding ring and the, <laughs> in the yeah. on the TV
0: At <laughs> a cameo. Yeah.
1: So, but God, and, and it's amazing what God has brought me through and just these different experiences and being, getting to know different families and um and, uh, it's all on him because I mean I don't think otherwise that he's given me the peace of mind to be a encourager uh hospitality person uh, and I always tell people well, if people are asking what what what's well, a great thing to do in this town? And so I direct them to different spots. And it's like, if it's like, has to do with Florida. Oh, you got to go to cabbage key it, where Jimmy Buffett made the song cheap burger in paradise famous. And you take a boat from Captiva out to cabbage key. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's just little things like that, that. Um, you know, God's blessed me, you know, um, Just, I'm a people person, I guess. Yeah, yeah. um, But we all have different gifts. Yeah. And God blessed you as creating this ministry. And so, um, and I think the men that are listening should be encouraged by what you do. And they need to share their story, come on and share their stories.
0: That's good, man. That's good. Um, so let me let me kind of ask you the question I like to kind of ask everybody. I put everybody kind of on the spot at the end. Um, so if if you could, and I, I don't discount this. This is very hard to do, so I am putting you on the spot. If you could kind of um, look back over your life thus far and think about all the times that God's kind of showed up and intersected, what would be like the one or two nuggets of wisdom that you just think, he has showed you so clearly the truth in those one or two nuggets of wisdom that you would want to share and make sure that the guys listening and watching today that, um, they really need to hear and kind of internalize and take with them. What would be those one or two things?
1: That Satan doesn't have a true grip on you. That's that, um, as Jesus said, Satan get behind me. Yeah. Um, satan put jesus through turmoil and i know that with god in my heart i i'm a much better person i feel my heart feels lighter i don't feel a heavy weight and i just know when i do go against god it's not right um it's a heavy heart and you pay for it, and um, I've always thought that were the reasons why I lost my wife and other family members were they because of my sins of the past? But now it's just what happened, yeah. and I'm blessed to know that I have. If anybody loves me, it's my heavenly Father. And I am so grateful to know that. And those um, oh, this guys share a scripture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, uh, this is from Luke 4. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil... He ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord our God, and him only shall you serve. And take him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are a son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, least you strike they will bear you up at least strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him. And an opportunity time.
0: Mm. Yeah, unpack, unpack why, why you felt led to share that. That's, that's a fantastic verse.
1: Um, just to show that while we're tempted by the devil, we need to be like Jesus and say, Satan get behind me. That's good. We need to take a stand against Satan
0: that's good, man. I I agree one hundred percent, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I'm going to pray over. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for this time with Jim. We know your truth that where two or more gathered, you are here, and uh, Lord, we're we're thankful for that. We're your boys, and uh, uh, Lord, so many times we mess up. We Uh, get off the path and we just do things that we know aren't aren't in step with you and aren't uh, your will for us Lord and we just uh, uh, ask that you keep, keep at the forefront of our minds the fact that through your Holy Spirit and through your power we can say get behind us Satan and he has to listen he has to Lord because you are the conqueror you are the one that holds victory in your hand. And because we're sons and heirs of you, we, by extension, have kingship with you. We are victorious. We are conquerors. We are more than conquerors. And uh, Heavenly Father, we just ask that um, as we continue to journey through life with you, that. Uh, As the hymn says, the things of this earth grow strangely dim. We just uh, ask that uh, um, John 3.30, uh, that you will increase and we will decrease, Lord. And uh, what we mean by that is that uh, our ambitions, our thoughts, our aspirations um, will either be taken away if they're not in line with yours or be molded to be in line with yours um your will and your purpose for our lives and we just ask that uh we just plead that uh you keep us there and uh help us to fight against our fleshly nature and the the ways of this world lord um not for not for our own comfort or our own well-being but the higher calling of your magnification uh, here on earth and the the upbuilding of your kingdom and your saints here, Lord. And we just, uh, I love you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Jim, appreciate you coming on, man.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Enjoyed it.
0: Well, we hope to have you back, man. And, uh, um, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Um, I think that's it today. Just have a good one. Appreciate y'all. You loved your scent. Get out of here. Have a little bit of fun. And, uh, Catch you on the next episode and hope to see you at Small Group. God bless.